Welcome to the Voice Tech Podcast. Join me, Carl Robinson, in conversation with the world's leading voice technology experts. Discover the latest products, tools, and techniques, and learn to build the voice apps of the future. In the US today, half of all e-commerce is on Amazon. When you combine all these things, you are in a great position to actually push new technology, including repurchasing through voice. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Voice Tech Podcast. My name is Carl Robinson and this is episode 53, Voice Payments. So in today's episode, recorded on the 22nd of November 2019 at the Slush Mega Conference in Helsinki, Finland, you'll hear me talk with two giants in the payment space. First up is Guillaume Pouzat, the founder and CEO of Checkout.com, a leading international provider of online payment solutions. And next is Peter van der Does, the CEO of Adyen, a global payment company that enables their more than 3,500 business customers to accept e-commerce, mobile, and point-of-sale payments. So I managed to speak to Guillaume and Peter and ask them about their thoughts around voice payments, whether they were excited about it, whether they see it playing a role in the payment system in the near future, what challenges they foresee, and whether their customers are asking about voice payments yet. I also asked them about whether they have plans to integrate their systems with the voice platforms in the foreseeable future. We talk about biometrics, two-factor authentication, and much, much more. So it was really wonderful to talk to the CEOs of such large and successful companies. But it has to be said that the voice payments technologies are very, very early. Uh, neither company has a voice payment solution in place at this time. So as such, the conversation draws upon their deep experience in payments to speculate about the forthcoming innovations and their potential impact. But that said, Huge number of insights were shared in our conversations, and I'm really excited to be able to bring it to you today. The Conversational Academy by Robocopy is an online conversation design course that teaches you to write natural dialogue for chatbots and voice assistants. It contains more than 40 video lectures, examples, and quizzes from which you'll learn the full range of conversational design skills. At the end of the course, you take the final exam, and become a certified conversation designer, which lets you demonstrate to potential clients and employers that you've had extensive training in the discipline. The course is taught by Hans van Dam, the co-founder of Robocopy, who lectures at universities and conferences around the world on the topic of conversation design. Now, this is one of the best ways to begin a career in conversation design. So if you're interested in learning more, the full curriculum is on the site, along with free access to the first video in the course. Plus, Voice Tech Podcast listeners get a discount by using the link voicetechpodcast.com slash robocopy. There's even a further group discount if you enroll as a team. So go and check it out and see if it's right for you at voicetechpodcast.com slash robocopy. Just a quick reminder that full episodes of the Voice Tech Podcast are now only available for free for a limited time after release. You can get all the full episodes at voicetechpodcast.com slash pro. By becoming a Voice Tech Pro, you not only unlock access to the entire back catalogue of episodes, but you also get exclusive content made just for Voice Tech Pros and get to hear the episodes weeks before everyone else. Voice Tech Pros also get episodes with bonus questions, no ads, and high quality sound. And best of all, you get that warm fuzzy feeling that you're supporting the show, helping to ensure that I can keep producing episodes like this one. So in a nutshell, if you want to keep the podcast alive, get more content, get higher quality content and get it before everyone else, open your web browser and visit voicetechpodcast.com slash pro. 
a number of you did just that. And I want to say a massive thank you to all our new pro sponsors who signed up in the last week. That includes Cara Sini and Benjamin Reeves and everyone else uh, who signed up. You know who you are. Uh, thank you very much. A huge thank you for, uh, for your support. You're making it possible for everyone to listen to this show. The last thing I want to bring your attention to quickly before we get started is the Alexa Community Day in Bangalore in India. Uh, it's the world's first Alexa Community Day. They unveil success stories, use cases, much more. And there's going to be a whole host of uh, international and local speakers, including Jeff Blankenberg, the Alexa evangelist from Amazon USA. Many more from the Amazon team are going to be there. Uh, it's all taking place on the 8th of February 2020 at the Bangalore International Center. Um, there's going to be hundreds of people there. Uh, they're going to cover developer tools, multimodal skills, how to get your skills discovered. Uh, it's going to be a fantastic day. So if you're in Bangalore or you can make it there, I highly recommend it. 8th of February, get down to the Alexa Community Day in Bangalore. Uh, you can find out more about that at uh, alexacommunity.in. Okay, so I'm here at Slush 2019 with Guillaume Pouzat, the founder and CEO of Checkout.com, a leading international provider of online payment solutions. Checkout.com allows customers to accept more payments through payment gateways, global acquiring network, advanced risk and fraud monitoring tools, and benefit from real-time insights, centralized reconciliation tools, complete feature parity across multiple geographies and all through one unified API. Guillaume, welcome to the show. Hi, Carl. Thanks for having me. Good. There you go. That's the intro. But yeah, how are you finding Slush, first of all? It's a bit crazy out there. It's a pretty hectic show. I mean, you arrive here, it looks like a Berlin nightclub. <laughs> Lasers <laughs> everywhere. I mean, I think it and then, uh, it's a pretty impressive and like say unusual show, but it's a great place. There's a lot of people, um, a lot of opportunities to meet people that are, you know, from all around the world. So it's, it's good for us. It's very international. Yeah. And a super friendly crowd. The Finns really put on a good show. So I think they, they're very proud of the event. And definitely there's a lot of energy that is put into a, in a show of this size. So it's great so far. Good stuff. So let's get stuck into it then. So checkout.com, can you give us the elevator pitch then? What does your company do and uh, what kind of clients does it serve? So we serve basically enterprises. We have like about a thousand customers right now globally. Mm -hmm. It's mostly people who have complex payment problems to solve, people who sell all around the world and want to be able to do this through a single API and reporting. I think a good case study would be to look at a company like Getty Images, iStock Photo. Okay. Uh, they I have complex photo. requirements from a trademark perspective and intellectual property. So mm. a picture that is sold in India has to be sold by an Indian company. A picture sold in the US has to be sold by a US company. I mean, we do all of Getty Images globally at this point. Mm. And what we allowed is that we allowed what was historically, you know, 17 or 18 different kind of merchants in each jurisdiction mm. to go and that we're all using different platforms locally mm. to go on a single platform have all the alternative payment methods, have a single API, single integration, and then single reconciliation to the mothership who manages all these companies. That's one example. You could think then, you know, a large video company, a streaming company globally, mm. or big software companies, or the deliveries of the world, for instance. Right. These are all merchants that now trade across multiple geographies. And instead of having different service provider in the UK, the mm. US, Australia, Hong Kong, I see. they will go for a company like us that can enable them in every single region. And once again, in a single effort. Payments is, is a very complicated space, right? There are a lot of players in the traditional payments uh, sphere. I know that, like I said, there's gateways and there's banks and all the different levels in between. Does Checkout.com circumvent a lot of that or does it work with those existing players? No, we actually build everything ourselves. So I mean, the story of the company is that we took this vision of like, we're going to disintermediate everything. Mm -hmm. So we first built the payment gateway, then we became the acquiring bank, then we built the platform behind the acquiring bank, then we did this across jurisdictions. This is also why we ended up raising $230 million Series A earlier this year. Wow! It's actually the largest uh, Series A in fintech in Europe and the third largest globally. 
So it was it was a big project. We had built, I, I think it's the validation of true tier one global merchants saying, hey, we do a good job. And the fact that there's not that many people who can do what we're doing today, especially in that have built everything. Tradition, I mean, historically, payments are built across multiple layers of different people. Mm. And then you don't control the information fully. You don't control exactly what you're selling. Our view was that we'd rather take time to do things but we want to do everything ourselves. Well, that's it. In the old system, I understand that every layer that was involved took a cut and also added a time cost as well. So the payments were slow and expensive. And it sounds like the systems of today, such as checkout.com, really avoid all of those problems. That's exactly the problem that we solve. We obviously remove all the layers. We're the only people that are between any payment method and a consumer. And all the key payment methods from Alipay to WeChat Pay, Visa, Masters, everything. But the reality, there is the element of performance as well. When you have multiple layers talking to each other, of course, it's suboptimal. That's the first thing. It will take more time. But then there's the element that you will lose information along the way. Think Chinese whispers, mm. you know, API 1 talking to API 2, talking to API 3. Right. And our business is a business of basis point optimization. We help people making sure they're able to collect every single dollar that they should. And, yeah. you know, it's still Visa, MasterCard, and just payments in general is, is a very complex industry. So the idea is to you know, simplify this for large merchants and give them access to the, the rest of the world. The Excellent. Global. Yeah, sure. Are we talking one-off payments? Are we talking subscriptions? We're talking everything. Subscriptions is a very good example because typically, I mean, if I'm a large subscription merchant globally, you want to make sure that when somebody wants to pay, he's able to pay. And uh, very often this is on a recurring, obviously, basis. You have the subscriptions, you know, like I'd say a Netflix, and then you have the subscription, which is not the same, we call it card on file, which would be Uber, which is the moment you've entered your card. You want to make sure that card can be recharged at any given time. And the only reason you should not be able to charge the card is because of non-sufficient funds, not because friction into the uh, ecosystem of payments. Indeed. What's some of the, the major trends in payments and, and did you capitalize on those in your latest round? The latest round is probably the result of the payment landscape being more dynamic than ever. In Europe, with like PSD2, SCA, strong customer authentication, there's a lot of things that are happening. Historically, payment was a bit of like, you know, this kind of sleeping giant. There's not much more than just entering your digits and, you know, getting an approved transaction, hopefully. Now, everything is very dynamic. Google Pay, Apple Pay, a lot of APMs that are growing. So alternative payment methods that are growing you know, quite quickly. What, what are those? What, what kind of... Ah, but Alipay, WeChat Pay. Oh, they pay, come under the yeah, APM banner. We okay. call alternative payment methods. Is like, there's a lot of emergence of these new payment methods. And I think the world is increasingly global. If I, another client of ours, like for instance, like Farfetch, a luxury uh, goods company, they sell all around the world. They're obviously based in Europe as a headquartered company. But the truth is they will sell to Asia. They will sell to different parts of the world. And obviously, uh, they want to make sure that they can reach these customers with the payment methods that matter to them. Got it. Got it. And you mentioned PSD2. I know that's a big topic. Could you define what that is and what the impact is on uh, vendors and the payment providers? So the Europeans have always been pretty good at you know introducing regulation, <laughs> just in general. And, yeah. uh, and uh, you know I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to raise my hand. I am European, so I have uh, no issue with this. Yeah. But the truth is, governments here have a clear opinion that payments should be regulated. They did it quite early in 2009 with the first payment service directive came back in, you know, with the payment service directive number two, where they decided they want to ensure basically that payments are secure. I think it's like the compliance of Europeans that they actually introduce is always for the benefit of the customer. And the idea is that they will come up and push rules that are supposed to make e-commerce more secure so people can feel safe buying online. In Europe, the result of this or the materialization of that is the strong customer authentication, which is, I'm not sure how familiar with 3D Secure in general, but like They've enhanced 3D Secure quite a fair bit. Is that the uh, confirmation by SMS, for example? Yeah, when you that's put in the, the, code? the SMS is the old way of doing things. The idea is to move towards biometrics, you know, your fingerprint, your face, making sure that there is a, a second way to authenticate a transaction. 
that is more than just a password. Indeed. Well, we can talk about that because another modality of biometrics that could be used for the two-factor would be voice. Absolutely. The Voice Tech Podcast is now on Medium. Each week, our Medium publication brings you a hand-picked selection of the best voice technology articles written by our guest authors. You can read about a wide variety of topics related to voice technology, including design, development, machine learning, ethics, opinion, and more. To receive all the content for free, just go to voicetechpodcast.com slash medium and follow the publication. I wanted to ask you uh, what your thoughts are on, on voice. Obviously, the big players, certainly Google and especially Amazon, now they've got functionality that enables people to buy things or repurchase uh, items through the, these voice interfaces. The studies that are being conducted, there's one recently conducted by the OCNC strategy consultants. They say $2 billion worth of transactions went through in 2018 by voice. They predict $40 billion by 2022. So it's a, a big increase. What do you feel about that? Is that an opportunity that you look forward to? capitalizing on? Does that cause you some concerns in some ways? What do you think about voice in, in, for that process? So the way we look at things, I mean, we need to take into account that in the US today, half of all e-commerce is on Amazon. Mm. That's the first thing. So some platforms have now an ecosystem that is so wide that to a certain extent, they will drive usage of new technologies very often. Typically, I mean, Amazon has an addition, you know, uh, their smart speaker and, you know, the assistant uh, Alexa. So when you combine all these things, you are in a great position to actually push new technology, including repurchasing through voice. Right. Where we are sitting is that we have merchants sometimes asking about it, but it's not top of mind for digital subscription merchant, like, you know, I would say the largest video streaming company in the world or, or music. You're not going to buy your Spotify subscription for the time being with a voice activation. Now you're in your living room, you're watching a movie, you want an upgrade, say, go from a normal definition to 4K and say, mm -hmm. hey, you know, please stop up or whatever. I mean, whatever. Alexa, right. <laughs> I want high definition. Here's an extra dollar. That would be an application that would be possible. But it starts with the idea that the platform has to enable it. Okay, so it's based on the, the platform enabling it first. Does, where would checkout.com come into the, the process if, if, if at all? The platform will control ultimately the access to the card or the, the token. We would be the guys who store the card and at that point in time, push it to Visa MasterCard to make sure that the money is on the card and we can actually authorize that card. That's what we do. So do you foresee big tech companies like Google and Amazon being clients of yours at some point? One of the two is already a client. And what I would say is that these companies will drive usage of these technologies. What we're likely to see after is that we're likely to see third-party protocols for the kind of the rest of the world. You know, the world is not just Google and Facebook. Certainly mm -hmm. there will be a protocol that will probably like, you know, a handful of winners across the world as that could create a protocol that people will be able to embed in their applications to do like voice activated payments. I'm afraid that's the end of this episode's free preview. That's right, full episodes of the Voice Tech Podcast are only available for a limited period of time after their release. The full one-hour episode is available to Voicetech Pro subscribers, along with all the other episodes we've produced. Go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro, where for just a few dollars a month, you can become a Voicetech Pro and receive a range of exclusive benefits. Voicetech Pros get more content each month. You unlock access to the entire catalogue of full-length episodes, including this episode. You can enjoy extra content, 
such as exclusive interviews just for Voice Tech Pro subscribers, plus bonus questions in the main interviews. And you also get to hear episodes sooner than everyone else, weeks ahead of their public release, in fact. Voice Tech Pros also get a special role in our online community, high-quality episodes with no ads and studio-quality sound, and a chance to support the show and ensure we keep on producing more great episodes like this one. So please go to voicetechpodcast.com slash pro and become a Voice Tech Pro today.